Welcome to the Pensacola People's Podcast. All right. Hello and welcome to the Pensacola People Podcast. This is Gracie Hearn and Zeke Zambisi. Here with us today is the incredible Chief Craner. Hi, Chief Craner. We're so thankful that you took the time out of your busy schedule to let us interview you. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, Jenny Craner. I am 47 years old and I serve as the city of Pensacola's fire chief. What, what are some of your biggest struggles working in a male-dominated industry? Well, I, f- I feel like something for men and women to embrace is the concept of ability versus gender. It's really more about your ability and not about your gender. Our diversity is what allows us to connect to our whole community. So why couldn't a woman be a firefighter if that woman has the ability to do it? Why couldn't a man be, a man is as caring as any nurse there is. Why, why are there these different professions and careers that are only meant for certain groups? And um, that's just not the way it is. I, I have, and, I'm, and I use nursing as an example. I have many friends that are nurses that happen to be men and they are caring. And I have many friends that are firefighters that happen to be women and they are strong enough. So it's really about your ability, your mental and your physical ability for whatever job it is that you're, you're getting into. So considering that there are not many women as firefighters in your childhood, who were some of your biggest mentors or role models? I have to say I was blessed with uh, parents that never made me feel limited. I never grew up feeling like I was limited by anything at all. Uh, My father was a a fighter pilot in the Air Force. And boy, I sure wish sometimes that I'd kind of try to do that. But I never thought about wanting to do that. Um, So I I never felt limited. I'm I'm grateful for that. And then I, I believe I have a little bit of the stubborn, never give up attitude from my grandmother who during World War II worked in a factory installing conduit in Jeeps. And she went to work every day in heels. She had eight children and was just a remarkable woman. She never, ever gave up. And um, she really taught me to, if something gets tough, you bite down on the mouthpiece and keep swinging. It's amazing. Thank you. How did you get interested in firefighting? Well, um, in 1992, I witnessed a really terrible vehicle accident that affected one of my friends and, and ended up passing away. And so that led me to EMT school and then in emergency medical technician training. And then in 1993, I started volunteering as a firefighter to get some more experience doing that. And boy, I just just fell in love with being a firefighter and, and doing the fire and rescue part of the job. That's really cool. So what was one of the most tragic, tragic events you've ever experienced while firefighting? Well, there are many, obviously many incredibly tragic stories in the 27 years I've been a firefighter. Um, But with that, there's this balance of joy. You, You may have the death of a child, but then I've also personally been involved in delivering six babies out in the field. So there's, there's some joy and some tragedy with that. But I would, if I had to pick one of them, I would say it, it, 
a benchmark event would be the line of duty death of one of my fellow firefighters in a, in a fire that I was at. Um, I was called in on the third alarm. My crew was called in on the third alarm, which means the whole initial alarm, the whole initial group of fire companies, engines and ladders had already responded to the scene. They called for a second alarm, which were two more companies. And then the third alarm, which was the company that I was on. And um, he was lost in the fire. He was trapped. And by the time we got there, he had he had perished already. And it was a matter of, but we didn't know we were still looking for him. And so uh, being part of the crew that found him was, was a tragic moment. But I will say this, um, that moment definitely not only changed this fire department, but the leaders that are here now to include me, it, cha it changed and it shaped who we are. And many of us at the time, this was in 2000, worked as fire academy instructors. And so that tragedy from, from the year 2000 to the year 2021 has shaped the education of not only local firefighters that have gone through the training of, of those instructors that were impacted by that event, but also nationally with, with national conferences. So I can honestly say thousands of firefighters have been affected by that tragic death. And so that is a, a positive on something very tragic in, in our service and in Pensacola. Wow. What was your happiest or proudest moment in firefighting? There are so many, and it really is difficult to pick uh, the happiest. But I do have a standout proud moment. Um, and I have several proud moments. I work with so many incredible people. There's such a great, a great team of firefighters here. But um, a standout proud moment for me was started with a little bit of nervous adversity. Um, I was a captain. I was assigned to a brand new watch. And a watch is we work 24 hours on, 48 hours off. So one of those three days, I was assigned to a different watch, to a different station that I was at usually and with a completely different crew. And um, I met with, with each of them. And, and of course, they know me. It's not a huge department. But, you know, there's that, that preconception about who you are and, and what you're going to come in and expect. And I had this, uh, they, they called me trainer craner because I always wanted to train and I always wanted to, to be doing something like that. So, so they were understandably apprehensive about me showing up to be the new captain at the station. And I came in and I met with all of them and, and we had our expectations meeting. And um, essentially what I, what I said to them was, we will have all of our gear on, we will have all of our equipment on every call we go to. We will have uh, training even on Sundays. We're going to do some kind of training every day that we're at work. And you know, okay, yeah, of course they're going to do what I say. I'm the captain, right? But I'll tell you how this paid off. It wasn't even a month later of being at that new station. My firefighter and I were headed to the fifth floor of an apartment fire where we located and pulled out a, an elderly woman that was in her bedroom on fire and carried her down five flights of stairs. And in the radio traffic, when I got on the radio to say we'd found a victim, um, I'm sure it didn't sound very great because I'm in the middle of getting in a bed and picking someone up. 
But in the, in the middle of lifting this woman out of the bed with, with the firefighter I was with, I, I called on the radio and said we had a victim. As we get to the stairs and we're headed down the stairs, she stopped breathing. And so my firefighter and I are in all of our gear. We have our air pack on. We're wearing our mask. And I look down the stairs and coming up the stairs are other members of our crew with a medical bag at just the absolute right moment. And we breathed for her using a, using a bag valve mask and oxygen right there in the stairwell. And then, and she had some burns and we were able to treat those and get her outside. But the bottom line is she survived because of that team coming together. Um, the absolute crew buy-in she survived. And so I would say that is, that is the proudest, one of the proudest moments um, so I was so proud to work for those guys that those were good times. So were your parents supportive of you being a firefighter? You know, they were understandably worried, but they were, they have always been supportive. Um, I also am a registered nurse. So over the years, I'll say that my mom has occasionally said, when do you think you might start nursing and, and stop the firefighting job? <laughs> but they have always been very supportive and very proud of me. Have you ever been injured while working? I have. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that, um, you know, firefighters were occupational athletes. So just, just by the nature of the work that we do and the equipment that we carry, we, we have to maintain a certain level of fitness and nutrition and constantly train and, and be prepared for those very extreme moments that happen. And with any kind of an athlete, there are injuries that occur. Um, so I have been injured. I had a ceiling and part of a roof fall on my head in a fire one time and sustained a neck injury from that. I had, I have a nice scar here where I've had a, a, a fusion of my neck and uh, the, the rehabilitation and recovery from that was challenging, but there, I did, I recovered and, and came back to the job to full firefighting capabilities. So um, it, is, it is difficult. Injury prevention and recovery are, are so important in our profession. What is the average day of a fire chief? Well, my day begins um, with concern for community and firefighter safety by asking myself two questions. Every day I ask myself two questions. Are we evolving to meet the ever-changing needs of our diverse community? That's number one. Are we evolving? We have to keep evolving as a service, as an industry, as the Pensacola Fire Department. And what can we do today to better prepare our firefighters? Those are the two questions I ask myself every day. Um, and, and my day is based on those two questions, uh, strategic planning or budgeting, everything from personal protective equipment to coloring books for children in our fire marshal's office is all related to what is gonna make our community stronger, more resilient, more fire safe, and, and not just firefighting safety, all hazards. So obviously we're in, a, we're in a pandemic. Both of you are in the room together and so you're wearing your masks. That's also part of, of what my role is with the city of Pensacola. And so what's gonna make us more resilient? Obviously we have ever-changing needs. And so um, my day starts with those two questions and I have a great team of people that, that help me answer those questions 
during the day. Thank you. Uh, outside of work, what are your hobbies? Well, I remember hobbies. I love hiking. Uh, the last great hike I went on was to Sequoia National Park in California. Biggest trees in the world. They were, it was incredible. So I love to hike whenever possible. And uh, we live, we live in Pensacola. We live in an area with beautiful water. So many great things to do here. I love to paddleboard. I'm excited about Wahoo's baseball coming back. I can't wait to go and watch a baseball game. So uh, those are the things I like to do. And then our last question is, what do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be that we, we found a way to make our community and our firefighters more safe. We found a way to change and shape prevention, fire prevention and injury prevention and, and all of these things that make a community more resilient. I would like for that to be my legacy. And then also, I, I don't want to be the last woman that does this. I don't want to be the last female. Uh, the last female firefighter that, that we have was hired 17 years ago. We have a female fire cadet that's, that's in training right now. And, and I, I want her to be the chief one day or her male counterpart. That's another cadet. I'd like for him to be the chief one day. So I want my legacy to be encouraging the men and the women that are here again, back to that ability. So I, I want those with the most ability to take over from me. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Good luck with your podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Pensacola People's Podcast produced by the seventh grade class at Creative Learning Academy in Pensacola, Florida. Make sure to check in next week for more podcasts.